right, welcome to the Northern Overexposure Podcast. My name is Charles. My name is Lee. And this is our Season 2 retrospective episode. Yeah, we're going to go back uh, through all the episodes of Season 2 and, uh, you know, just kind of like rank certain superlatives, you know, favorite this, favorite that. Yeah, least favorite this, least favorite that. It's going to be interesting, though, because... It's been a while since we've seen these episodes. We, we sort of um, planned out our season two in a very specific way. I was out of the country for a while, so we wanted to um, have a nonstop stream of releases for our episodes. So we didn't want to lose our frequency of posts. So we recorded all of our episodes sort of in advance. And it's been probably about a month since we've watched season two. Though we've been listening to the podcast as it's been, you know, Coming out. Yeah, we listen to all the episodes as they come out, but for the <laughs> recording of it, oh, geez, when did we record these? Like in August? It was, June, I think the, the latest of them were in August. Yeah. So yeah. Well, the release is through August through um, September. So, oh, yeah, you're right. So, yeah, no, it's been in the <laughs> month. And I don't remember a lot of season two. <laughs> but we've been refreshing ourselves and kind of looking over our notes. Listening to the podcast helps a lot. It does. Um, yeah. God bless the Wikipedia uh, synopsis people. Yeah, there's a great, I don't know if we've mentioned this on the podcast yet, but there's a great Wikipedia article called List of Northern Exposure Episodes. And it, you know, it tells you all the episodes, who they're directed and written by, gives you a synopsis, the air date, um, things like that. Though, I guess since we're on the topic, maybe we can talk about it real fast. There is a really interesting, I talked to you about this briefly, Charles, uh, off the podcast. The, the, the synopsis for um, episode six of this season, uh, War and Peace, has a really interesting entry. They're talking about, of course, the um, sort of when they break the fourth wall and they talk about man's proclivity to war mm. and, and things like that. The, the Wikipedia synopsis mentions the whole town steps out of the situation to reflect on war, in parentheses, the first Gulf War, um, hyphen, and moves on. So like they, they reflect on war and then they... Then they just decide to move on. Gulf War, though, I didn't catch that. Of course, like maybe I'm not old enough, but <laughs> are there any direct references to the Gulf War in that sequence? I don't think I caught any. Really, that was not the thing that sprung into my mind. It feels like a reach. Like whoever wrote that synopsis, that part of the synopsis. Yeah. Bit of uh, a reach. I mean, I, I guess they're just giving credence to the fact that anybody can edit Wikipedia articles. Just, just demonstrating that fact right God. there. Since we're showing that... It, this is, I, I don't think it's true at all. I, I, I don't even think it's a reach. It's a good, it's an interesting read though. Like that's a very cool, like if we had mentioned that in our episode, hmm. it would be a very cool analysis, but I don't think it's a direct, I don't think it's, a, um, I don't think it's directly part of that episode. Well, I'm going to be uh, really honest right here. I don't know a lot about the first gold four. Yeah. My history class didn't get that far into it. So. Yeah. I mean, we were yeah. like, what babies when that was happening, you know, it was, it was you know, we were pretty young. Yeah, so maybe it does, uh, and we're just we're just idiots. We missed all the signs because it's you know before <laughs> our time, I guess. <laughs> but no, this is the season two retrospective episode, and right off the bat, just as season two as a whole, do you think this is a good season two? Yeah, we were kind of talking about that before we hit record. That's a good place to start, I think. Um, is this a good season two? I think we talked about it in in the first episode um, of this season. Goodbye to all that. It's a really good, um, sort of like, you know, you open the book once again, you know, it's a, it's a good reintroduction to the world of Northern exposure. Um, and at the same time, uh, not only is it reintroducing you, like kind of catching you up, uh, that episode has a, 
kind of very blatant uh, voiceover monologue, sort of like expositional in the very beginning of the episode. They're kind of you know, showing you the status quo. Not only does it reintroduce you, it also you know, sets up a whole new variety of stakes. Joel um, loses his fiance. The town of Sicily is snowbound. Like there's so much snow now, which is something we never really saw in the first season. So I think it does a good job at least you know, catching us up and um, reinventing the show. Overall, though, what do you, you're kind of a TV nut, Charles. What do you, what do you think about your question? Is this a season two for you? Like, how does it compare to other shows? Yeah, I am a huge fan of season twos of television shows because generally yeah. that's when they know how to write their characters. They come into form, but they're not too over exaggerated into their own, you know, characterizations. Yeah. So, yeah, I love season twos. And for this one, it's pretty good. It's not yeah. great. I would say it's just good. Uh, I love that you brought up the seasons, like the snow falling down, because yeah. that's a really good indication that it's a new season. We're now snowbound. There's, uh, winter is now coming about. Mm-hmm. And I think we get through winter all the way up through spring fever. So yeah. we're already launching into the next one. So that was really nice. And you're right. We come into here. The oven set at 350 degrees Fahrenheit because <laughs> Elaine's already leaving him, which I loved. I really like that. Yeah, great We were start. starting that season two like that. But I think the reason that I don't think it's a really great one is because there's only seven episodes. For season two, you mean, yeah. Yeah, for season two. It's so short. Did, did we mention this in, in, in our um, coverage of this season? Uh, so the first season was sort of, um, what had happened was a show was canceled mid-season, and this was sort of a pickup. The show was successful, so it was renewed for a second season, but it sort of retained that that slot, that like pickup slot. So it didn't really get a full season slot um, for yeah, season two. It was only a seven episode pickup. Uh, most of the time they're eight episode pickups. Yeah. That was kind of odd. That was seven episodes. I almost wonder if something was cut or maybe it was, maybe it was uh, such that when they realized they were, they were going to be able to shoot a second season, they didn't have enough time to produce eight. That mm. is really interesting. I should say, I guess I was kind of saving this for later, but I should say we did get some fan mail that, um, we'll hopefully elucidate a lot of these questions that we have. Owen McGrorty from Ireland writes uh, to us um, about a lot of great recommendations. Um, so he's a, obviously a big fan of the show. He was watching it. I think he started watching it in the third season, but by now he's a huge fan. He's seen all of the episodes. And uh, he recommended a few items. For instance, the Northern Exposure book by Louis Chinovic. Um, It's sort of a book that has synopsis of every episode and interviews and information. It's like very much uh, sort of a, of the time, like while they were shooting the show, um, it feels like a very good marker, very good history. So it's like a memoir. Very good memoir, I think. And and just on, off of your saying memoir, uh, the actor, I think we mentioned this before, the actor Darren Burroughs, who plays Ed, wrote a memoir called Northern Exposed. Owen writes that this came out in 2013. And I actually didn't know this. There was apparently a DVD as part of the book. It was sort of like a, a little mini documentary um, that followed Darren Burroughs around, revisiting sites from the show. Oh my Lord, um, how meta. Yeah, very <laughs> cool. But the reason we bring this up now is um, I haven't found yet a, a very um, great offer for buying the Northern Exposure book online. I've seen... Um, uh, lots of listings for Darren Burroughs' memoir. And I think before we hop into season three, um, we should try to get our hands. If anyone has um, 
a copy or some way of getting this to us, uh, let us know if you have a good in or if you know where the best seller is, because I think this would definitely help, you know, for specific things like that. Like why was this show picked up for seven episodes in the second Mm -hmm. season? So it's like such a small, limited amount. And hopefully we could learn something a little bit more about the history of the show. Yeah. Is it too expensive to buy like online? The Northern Exposure book either was quite expensive or just hard to find. Let me check one more time. Mm -hmm. Wait, no, this thing is cheap as dirt. (laughs) Hold up. I think I'm about to just order it right now. Oh, please. Let's do this. How much is it? Like $7? We won't talk. We won't talk. uh, Monetary prices. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, what was I looking at? There was something, maybe it was, uh, oh. Were you trying to buy the wait, 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 wait. Hmm. Honestly, I don't know. Man, I was looking at some, there's a Northern Exposure cookbook, Letters from Sicily. Hmm. There's a lot of media out there. You know what? I was looking at um, Darren Burroughs' uh, wow. documentary. Yeah. That's kind of pricey. Um, the Northern Exposed, but I'm sure you can find versions of it that's just the DVD or just the book. Mm-hmm. Um, even a used copy would be super helpful. All right, so that's our promise for season three, I guess. We're, on, <laughs> we're recording this. Yeah, no, I'm excited to read that. He included in his email um, some, some photos of the book, and it's really interesting. Like, obviously, there is a a log line, a synopsis for every episode. There's an entry, there's like uh, photos for each episode. It tells you sort of like the span of dates. It looks really fun. looks really good. Nice. Thank you for writing in. And please, if you have any more uh, questions or just general regards about a uh, podcast, write in at northernoverexposurepodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, of course, we always, it's very uplifting any day that we get fan mail. And uh yeah, even if you have like a correction or something, that gives us something to talk about for this uh, retrospective, you know? Like in if we get them during the run of a, a season, we'll try to punch them in when we can. Yeah, definitely. So let's get into it with season two. We sort of have our like uh, best of categories. Let me start with best dream sequence. Season two sort of found its foothold in dream sequences and uh, that kind of became the formula for the show in this season. It seems like every episode has one or more dream sequences. I think we said in one of our podcasts that there's certainly more dream sequences than there are episodes at this point. Oh, yeah. No, most definitely. They seem to be leaning heavily on that plot device of using dream sequences. And I have one loaded up in the chamber as my favorite one. And I think we're going to disagree. I don't think we're uh, going to come to be the same dream okay. sequences. Uh, yeah, my favorite one is the one where they take Dave as a new doctor. It's the one where Joel realizes what life in Sicily would be without him. And yeah. the whole cast is singing from South Pacific, I'm in love with a wonderful guy. And it's sort of like we mentioned, it's sort of like the, um, it's a wonderful life. You know, like everything is in black and white. Oh no, Joel is in black and white and everything else is in color. Yeah. That's a great sequence and super funny. I remember we, I remember you laughing like super hard about <laughs> it because it's really fun and uh, it's very over the top, very goofy, but very. Uh, Dave is a is a wonderful character too. It's a it's a great sequence. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, what about you? I think my favorite. There's so many to choose from, so it's really hard. And especially since we said how it's been a while since we've watched this, I, I had to kind of go back and 
go through my uh, memory Rolodex to try to figure out what happened. But I think the one that really takes the cake in my mind is um, when Joel is alone at the sort of the Sicily movie theater and he sees like a um, black and white, uh, he's talking to a younger version of himself. You consider that a gene sequence? Oh, I guess maybe it's, yeah, 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 because he's, he's not awake. Maybe it's a hallucination. Oh, wow. Counts the same That would have been my favorite gene sequence. You think Had so? I known that was a categorized as one. No, okay. I, I put that in a different category. What, what was that for you? That's my favorite moment of the oh, television show. Oh, just favorite moment of the season. Yeah. All right, well, let's talk about it now. Um, it's a great premise, but what really like elevates it to that next level is the way it's photographed. And we talked about this with Mason on that episode, how Joel is, you know, he's a normal-sized human being, but someone on a silver screen is humongous. And even though it's a smaller version, like a younger version yeah, of small Joel, Joel, it gets uh, closer and closer and he gets bigger and bigger, more domineering and more powerful over Joel, uh, grown-up Joel, as he's sort of like Big condemning Joel. him and, uh, <laughs> and telling him, you know, to shape up. Yeah. The dialogue is great in that scene. The shooting of that scene is fantastic. Uh, everything about it, the idea about it, the execution, I love it. And it was in season two, episode one, the very first yeah. episode of season two. So that made me so happy when I saw that scene. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we kind of sort of uh, inadvertently dipped into the, the favorite moment, like the highlights of season two. Let's get into that. Like, what are some of your favorites? Do you want me to hop on this? Do yeah. you have another one or? No, that's by far. Okay, that takes that's the cake number for me. one. Yeah. Um, I think my number one, I'm realizing this as we're going through this list, how great, how strong of an episode that premiere, that season two premiere is. My favorite, one of my favorite moments of this season is the ending of that episode when they're recreating this memory that Joel had with Elaine, the closure that Ed is sort of directed. He's created this, um, this memory in real life. And what I love about that is it kind of illustrates how you can never go back to a memory, like even when you're trying to recreate it, there's always something missing and something wrong. And still, I love the conclusion of that episode because in the end, Joel says, no, it's not really closure, but I've, you know, he feels much better and he knows at this point that he has really great friends. I think the conclusion of that is, uh, you know, I, I don't really feel like I got closure, but let me buy you a beer. Let's just go hang out. Let's just chill at the bar have a drink, you know. That really, yeah, you're right. That is a really great moment. And speaking on that, it's sort of like thinking about nostalgia. And when we always think about nostalgia, we get rose tinted glasses and we think yeah. it was so amazing. And you make a really good point saying that for this particular case, there's nothing you can do about it. You can only think about the future. Yeah. There's also a form of nostalgia. I, I, think, oh. I, think, I think I'm cribbing that from someone. What I'm is pretty that? sure someone else t- said that quote. I, I just can't remember. Are you saying like... um projecting a, a, a your future is sort of a form of nostalgia? Yeah, like thinking about the future is a type of nostalgia. I'm pretty sure John Green's wife said that. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure that's where I got. I'm stealing that from her. But it's the same idea that is applicable to the scene where you're saying that Joel realizes that he can't go back, so he's with the friends in Sicily, and he needs to think about that. Yeah, he's like, let's just, you know, let's not, let's not pretend like I'm here with my friends. I just want to have a beer. And it's it's great, too, because you see how multiple characters, not just Ed, but Maggie and Holling are all 
orchestrating this and you can tell that they really care about Joel, um, which is very different from him sort of being an outsider in, in season one. Some other of my favorite moments, uh, I, li- I really liked it when you brought it up on the podcast, the ending of um, What I Did for Love. I believe that's the episode when um, Maggie is dancing to the Sinead O'Connor. And mm-hmm. I loved our sort of conversation about how that scene was shot, you know, the choice of uh, Maggie listening to the music on a stereo, what it might have been if she had uh, listened to it on headphones instead. You know, mm-hmm. that's a very interesting um, thing to think about, I guess. Yeah, that's actually, now that I think about it, do you think we should make this a category? Like, what do you think about this show would be changed if it was, if it was filmed today? Um, what moments would be? I, I think the most grotesque moment in this season was in uh, The Big Kiss when Joel asks uh, Chris if Maggie moans or if she makes a sound. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you so went that for would... <laughs> a cultural moment. Okay. <laughs> So you went for like a social faux pas type of situation. Yes, that would change. not be allowed. And oh. it shouldn't be allowed in the 90s. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it was definitely strange right there. I went with, uh, I think that this show would probably utilize text messages a lot. Oh, if yeah. If it was yeah, filmed yeah. today. Mm-hmm. I think that would be the number one thing. To yeah, use. I think, you know, when people think about Seinfeld and stuff, it's, for instance, there's the famous episode of Seinfeld with the answering machine, like that mm-hmm. couldn't exist today. Um, yeah, of course, like cell phones is sort of the biggest change, the biggest factor in movies uh, today. You know, you can't really get away with a lot anymore. If you have a cell phone, you have that sort of... Um, security that sort of yeah security blanket do you think joe would have started a kickstarter in order to get him out of alaska <laughs> <laughs> that's a great um like a GoFundMe, get me out of alaska yeah <laughs> uh pay for my <laughs> definitely i mean yeah i'm glad that this show was set in the 90s though i don't think i, I think could so <laughs> I don't yeah think I, I don't think i would want to watch that <laughs> 2019 version yeah other favorite moments before we get off of this, I guess it goes without saying, I should mention uh, one of the most powerful moments of the show, I think in general, is um, the spring break whenever Joel and Maggie kiss in the kitchen. That's a huge sort of climactic scene. You're right. That finally settles the will they, won't they? Mm-hmm. And from here on out, it's sort of going to be the aftermath of that. And we talked about that during the episode. What do you think is going to happen in episode six, like, Mm -hmm. you know, how are they going to deal with this? And they don't really, um, they don't ever really get back to that sort of level of heightened attraction from episode five. They don't, you're right. But the ending of the season is, um, he asks her to dance, you know, it's pretty charming, I guess, but yeah, well, to add on to that, I was going to say that in episode seven, Rick tragically dies from a falling satellite. Therefore, Maggie isn't with anybody. So maybe they're going to dip into that more clean slate. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen in season three? Do you have any, um, predictions, projections? Uh, season three is 22 episodes, right? I think so. going to be a lot more episodes that just don't focus on Joel. Oh, going to have so many of those episodes in my opinion. Interesting. Yeah, 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 for sure. A little like, you know, Joel removed a little bit. Let's move on to the next category. Um, the best guest star on Northern Exposure. So in season one, you're introduced to a lot of new characters, a lot of new recurring cast members. Um, they're sort of developing these characters and showing you the world. In season two, the same thing continues. However, they add in, they pepper in like sort of like a 
one time only, you get to see this sort of guest character on the show. Mm-hmm. I, I won't list them all, but let's just start with, do you have a favorite uh, guest? Yeah, I definitely do. I would say it's Lightfeather. Lightfeather, yeah. I remember you were, that was probably your favorite part of the season. One of your favorite parts of the season. It was. The reason I like her so much is because she is a great change for Ed's character. Mm-hmm. Um, not just in terms of just sexually in which he uh, loses his virginity, but making it turn from a binary state of one to zero, zero to one. Yeah. Because Ed can't change back after that experience. Right. And we see Ed in a lot of different capacities. We've mentioned he's sort of like a jack of all trades, mm-hmm. like a golf caddy, um, a detective, like a all documentarist, these different yeah. documentary filmmaker, all this, all these things. Um, but this is sort of an angle of Ed, um, sort of like his personal life that we haven't really seen. You know, we we learn in, in or or we get to find out a little bit more about his uh, him being sort of an orphan in this season. Um, so we're getting more and more personal with these characters. Um, that aren't the protagonist, you would say, like Joel is the protagonist. But I think the great thing about this show is that they have these um, secondary, you know, supporting cast and they don't just stick in their own box. They take each character and they go further and further and they try to um, unfold as much as they can from this character rather than just keeping them as uh, sort of a certain color that they can tap on. Mm -hmm. This is the character that we need in this episode. That does happen, but we get to re-explore and, and find new things every episode um, that we focus on them. Yeah. What about you? What's your favorite guest star for season two? I would say my favorite guest star is One Who Waits, because that's also one of my favorite plot lines in this season. Hmm. Thoughts on One Who Waits? I think he's great. I forgot. Oh, forgot. Yeah, I had to really uh, dig because it's been a while since we've watched, but that is for sure one of my favorite episodes of the series and one of my favorite episodes of the season. I like that our guest star, or like our favorite guest stars are the ones that most influence Ed. <laughs> yeah, Ed is a great, I mean, Ed is a great piece of this show, obviously. We, we've already said he's, he was our, did he win favorite character in season one? Oh, yeah. Yeah. By a large margin. Yeah. I think. <laughs> <laughs> By a large margin. Yes, he's. He's great. Uh, there's some honorable mentions. There's a lot of great. Um, I think I, I, I was kind of shooting out from all these characters. Dave Ginsburg, Ron and Eric, Frank O'Connell, Maggie's dad, mm-hmm. Nikolai. Um, I almost wanted to give Nick, uh, sorry. <laughs> I almost wanted to give Rick the nomination because uh, he's kind of a guest star in this season. <laughs> he's only in the first episode for one, like for like, probably like 30 frames. And then he's in the, in the last episode very heavily. Um, poor Rick, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. He almost is a guest star in his own right, right there. Cause he's just <laughs> featured prominently just in episode seven and that's it though. Even if he was categorized as a guest star, he still wouldn't be my guest star. Pick. Yeah. You would still go with, uh, uh, Life Feather. that's yeah. a great choice. I think. What's your favorite episode of the pod so far? For at least for season two. Oh, this is an easy one. Our a favorite episode of our podcast, like our own performance review. I really liked episode two, take two, because uh, that that's mine too. That was the one that like got off the rails. We had recorded for an hour um, and realized that we actually weren't recording correctly, so we had to start all over again. And at this point, it was probably like midnight or one a.m. And we were we were just so. Um, delirious. Yeah, we were just trying to rush through the episode because we knew what each of the talking points would be. 
So yeah. we just had to we had re-record to it. it, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's not um, like a rehearsal right there. No, but what's what's also really interesting though is it was sort of um pre-rehearsed, but at the same time I think we really got to look at the episode twice. Because on our second recording, we we weren't just repeating the things we had already said. We were kind of coming at it from a, a new angle. And, you know, it was just kind of like we were more ready to talk about the episode. And, and we said different things in both. No, we did. We definitely did. It's kind of like in chess where you see like uh, what moves they're going to do and then replaying them again. And then you'll know what moves they're trying to do. So you're trying to reevaluate your choices right there. And it's kind of the same thing where I knew what you were going to say. So I was trying to think of something new also. Just exactly. To, yeah. yeah. Kind of throw us off guard mm-hmm. and, and find these, you know, the things that we talk about that we, um, we don't normally get to. Uh, I'm that, glad we had the same fun. episode pick though. <laughs> yeah, no, that was probably the most fun, you know, as, as, um, soul crushing as it was to find out that we lost it. But I think listening lost, back, it, like, it makes me laugh. Yeah. I think I lost like a year of my life when I looked down <laughs> and saw I wasn't recording. I was like, Oh no, that's not <laughs> Charles has gray hairs on his head. now. <laughs> okay. Uh, episode rankings. Yeah. For the, the seven episodes so far, seven episodes of season two. Let's go from the worst episode of season two to the best episode. You you yeah, I can take yeah. it. Okay. So worst episode, I thought all is vanity was definitely my worst pick. Is it because uh, just, of the circumcision plot line? A little bit. Just all of it. Uh, well, you know what? Let me take that back. A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, a little bit of column C. Because I think there was three different plot lines in there and yeah. I wasn't a fan of like really much of them. So I just want to put that one as the last one. So I'm not a big fan of that episode. I, I, will, I will say it's... In terms of season one, where we were rating worst to best yeah, episodes, so much that better. wasn't as worse as season one's. Yeah. So that, it was hard for me because when picking like the worst, because there are ones that stand out as clearly like maybe the better episodes, but none of them get that bad, you know? No, they were surely finding their footing at this point. So I would start with All's Vanity, then it goes to Slow Dance, the season two finale. I just, I think I even voiced my thoughts and opinions on it. Yeah, but I didn't like, this think is it was, a weird finale. Yeah, I, I didn't feel like it was a proper finale. So I, I didn't like that episode so much. What I Did for Love is my next one. Then it goes to The Big Kiss, which mm-hmm. is in the middle of the pack. Okay. War and Peace, uh, big fan of that episode. Spring Break, and then goodbye to all that. The first episode. Just, yeah. It was all downhill from there. <laughs> I, think, yeah, I think we've been saying on this podcast that this, that's a um, very outstanding episode, you know, so far. We've, we've just been talking about it a lot. <laughs> what about you? All right. So I um, actually, after hearing you kind of uh, dish on all his vanity, it, it definitely put things in perspective because uh, I think I'm remembering, when I'm remembering all his vanity, I remember... Chris's sermon, which is only like, it's at the end of the episode. It's only part of it. I do like how all his vanity has, um, the themes of sort of gripping with death and mortality. Um, that's what I like about it a lot, but there, there's not a lot else that's, that's super great. Um, that elevates it higher than others. Still, I think I'll put slow dance last mm-hmm. and slow dance. Isn't a terrible episode at all. It has Rick, which, you know, I think, Specifically on this rewatch of the show, I've come to really like Rick. I think it's probably because I know that he's only here for a short amount of time. <laughs> and so when his scenes come up, I, I really get to relish in that. So there's a lot to like in Slow Dance, but um, overall, I, I think it's um, maybe the least the least exciting. The ending of the episode, it's a nice ending, but um, not a great 
finale, you know, like I was expecting something huge. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of like um, Aurora Borealis is such a crazy outlier of an episode that happens at the end of season one. So we have Slow Dance in last place, All is Vanity next. Then I actually have War and Peace, which is, this is what I'll say is um, all of the episodes, as I've already said, are really great. So it's kind of hard to find the worst. War and Peace is incredible because of its breaking of the fourth wall. There's a lot of great stuff for hauling to go through. We get to see like a, a very different take on hauling in that episode. And of course, Ed and Light Feather, that's, that's something we've never seen before. But really, I think the standout moment for me is, is the fourth wall breaking and everything else um, is kind of secondary, which puts uh, Spring Break ahead of that. Spring Break, when I look back at it, it's a lot of fun kind of like being with these characters in this very strange time. We get to see how the spring fever affects the whole town. But apart from that, some of the storylines are a little gimmicky. I do like Ed being sort of a detective. Not a huge fan of uh, Barbara Szymanski, as we mentioned on the episode. But um, perhaps one of the best things, the best characteristics of this show is not necessarily like how good a plot line is, but how comfortable it makes you feel with the characters. Mm -hmm. And I think Spring Break does a great job sort of like making these characters feel real and you feel like you're returning to Sicily and, and hanging out with them, you know? Um, Spring Break, as we said already, the sort of the culmination of the will they, won't they? Mm-hmm. What I did for love is next. I just love uh, Ginsburg, you know, Dr. Ginsburg, that plot line, and the plot line of uh, Maggie dreaming about Joel and Joel sort of taking that into consideration. I love the climax of that episode. The Big Kiss is next, of course, One Who Waits. Uh, Chris has lost his voice and sort of becomes like a mad genius or like an evil villain, you know, trying to seduce Maggie. And goodbye to all that, which is just an incredible, powerful, strong season opening. Yeah, we were kind of similar on our list, but still we're differing on a, definitely in the middle section. What's our biggest uh, sort of... Uh, probably What I Did for Love. Oh, where was you, where where did you put that? Was my number life? five episode? Gotcha. That was my number three. What was your War and Peace? That was number three for me. Okay, and that was my number five. Hey, there we go. So Interchange that, of two. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm glad that we agree on goodbye to all that though. It was yeah, just a vignettes, the way that it was structured, the way that we got some new change of the Joel. I'm a fan of characters having drastic changes. So for Joel, the drastic change was that he had to look inwards within himself and not have to seek validation from others. Yeah. Definitely like a a good, you know, he gets to analyze this part of his psyche, what's going wrong, Mm -hmm. how he can change it. We can talk a little bit about, we already did this, but um, the fan mail that we received, of course, thanks again, Owen, for writing in. I I don't think you were aware of this, Charles, until today, but we do have hate mail. Um, Not necessarily hate mail. We have a bad review. (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't say that it's hate. It was just, (laughs) he was not satisfied with the product that we were putting out. He or she, we don't know much about this reviewer um, from Canada, but um, two stars out of five. Maybe it gets better. I don't want to read the whole thing, but uh, it's just, it's funny and refreshing to see. I think this person listened to our first episode and was uh, very disheartened, I think. I will say that's probably our least favorite episode. Yeah, like we, we didn't we were really, really know, figuring it out. We didn't really know what we were doing. That really reminds me. We're still me, figuring it out. Yeah. That reminds me of uh, Gilmore Guys, the podcast of theirs. And if you oh, ever yeah. listen to their pilot, 
I think the first 10 minutes is a cut in of them saying, yeah, you to please disregard episode one. Yeah, like, don't worry about this. This may be bad, but it gets much better. I remember you showing me that, that podcast and we started with episode one and it was so discouraging. I was like, do I really want to listen to this if they don't? Uh, <laughs> it wasn't that bad though. It's a great episode. No, yeah. Shout out to Gilmore guys. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I, okay. If this person is still listening though, the yeah. person that wrote in this, it does review, get better. Trust us. Well, I mean, we, we think so, but I mean, at least also I want to say your review is actually by very well written. It's very well written. (laughs) Very literate. So, I mean, it wasn't like inflammatory or anything like that. So yeah, it wasn't the worst thing I've ever gotten in my life. Yeah. I see your criticisms. I think we've done better. I think we've taken your uh, criticism to heart and hopefully uh, you're still enjoying the show and haven't dropped off. Uh, I just thought that would be fun because we don't get a lot of fan mail. So talk about everything that we can, you know? (laughs) Yeah, this is our reflection podcast episode. Speaking of which, you know, a huge portion of our show is introducing a new guest. So this is the best guest of the podcast. Yeah, so every episode, obviously, we invite one of our friends or an acquaintance who has never seen the show to watch it and give their opinion. Sometimes they've come on to guest host with us, like uh, Mason Mm -hmm. and Jay, who are huge fans of the show. Uh, But we're super appreciative of anyone who agrees to this, just to take 40 minutes of their life and you know, give us their thoughts. Every time that it happens, it's always super intriguing and something that we've never thought of, something we never talk about. And it's a lot of fun. I've loved it, like sort of commenting and and listening back on their critique and and sort of um, expanding on sort of the groundwork they lay out. But um, do we have a winner for this... (laughs) For this season. We do. But first, I want to give a shout out to all of our guests. All of them have uh, offered something that we never caught up on. They gave great analysis. We've always had something to pick up on them. Uh, those are Mason, Lizzie, Bruno, Taylor, Jay, Evan. And for a seventh one, they are actually not in the running because we are recording that tomorrow. Yes, we haven't recorded uh, the you know, the closing of episode seven, the analysis. That'll come out, I guess, a week before this episode. So you'll have already heard it. But uh, unfortunately, they're they're not included <laughs> yeah. in this uh, in this contest. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, for all of the six guests, again, I have to say thank you for coming on. Thanks for uh, you know taking time out of your day to record, yeah, uh, and watch the episode. I really loved. Like, I had a lot of fun. Like, I laughed and just it was very intriguing. I loved every every guest on this, mm-hmm. on this season. Very yeah. good stuff. Particularly like the guest stars too. Like the yeah. guest hosts. We hadn't like done Mason that before. We, yeah. It's a, it's not easy to edit it together, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's really fun when you have multiple, um, speakers, you know, mm-hmm. it's a lot of, it's a lot of great stuff bouncing back and forth. But for the best guest, in my opinion. Yeah. I, I think we share, we shared this. It's a mutual. Yeah. We, we agreed on this before. <laughs> I think it's Taylor. Taylor was an incredible guest. He was sort of a last minute guest. So he came in at the 11th hour, but delivered something amazing. Yeah. And I think we had a lot of fun listening to like, you know, our, our conspiracy theories of where he was recording from. Uh, I don't know if he ever told you this, but he was the truth of that episode. He was recording in his parents' backyard. They have a fountain. So he's oh. fine. He's not in a cave. Okay. Kidnapped Being by. by terrorists. Yeah. No, that was in, and I think it, it also was sort of our first guest who had, you know, an extensive medical background, not a doctor, I guess per se, but he's very close to becoming a medical doctor. Mm-hmm. 
And I would love to have more guests like that in the future. I think we're going to try to do some of that um, in season three for sure. Yeah, 22 episodes. We're definitely going to be able to grab someone like that. <laughs> yeah, we've got to find some more doctors. But that was season two. I think we can maybe try to start wrapping this up now. Any predictions? We already talked about this. Season three, like what's going on there? As we said already, 22 episodes. And the first, oh, 23 episodes. Wait, Get a bonus in there. The first of which is called The Bumpy Road to Love. Do you have any predictions for that? Is that going to be the first episode of season three? Yeah. Bumpy Road for Love. Uh, a return back to a will they, won't they on Joe and Maggie's relationship. I'm going to guess that. Yeah. Hopefully I'm I mean, right. that's, that's, they've set it up. It's got to, we got to keep talking about Joel and Maggie. We'll see. Oh, I, I have a prediction. I bet they're going to introduce a new character that's actually going to remain throughout the show. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, new recurring cast member. Yes, I think that's going to happen in season three. All right, we'll check out on that. I should say we'll probably take a week or more off. You know, this is probably going to be a week off. We got to like kind of get our stuff together, figure out how we want to tackle these 23 episodes now. Still not divisible by a good number, though. Yeah. We can't evenly distribute is that. These. What do you call that, a prime number? Yes, 23 is a prime number. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. You can't divide that by three or two or. No, no. Yeah. Wow. Elementary uh, knowledge. <laughs> uh, elementary school knowledge. Yeah. Reiterate. Um, so we have, we have to figure out how we're going to tackle this thing. Um, but hopefully we can promise, even though we're going to take some time off, we can do some filler episodes. We got some special things planned mm-hmm. outside of Northern Exposure, but sort of still in that universe of, you know, side projects from a cast member or yeah, I don't want to go too specific because yeah, I, I yeah. want it to be a surprise. Mm-hmm. This would be like our Patreon if we had one, but, uh, but we do not. Yeah. This is free. Just, uh, yeah, we don't have a Patreon. We do have an email address, Northern overexposure podcast at email. <laughs> we can never get our Gmail yeah. right. <laughs> our own email. We can't get this right. It's, it's a long title. It really um, is. Northern overexposure podcast at gmail.com. And uh, you can write in. Thanks for doing the show. Of course, Thank you we for lo- not doing the show. <laughs> of course, we love uh, fan mail, hate mail. But but we're really looking for if you if you have any comments on a specific episode or a little fun facts, uh, we would love to feature that on the show. If you happen to know anyone involved in the show in any capacity, put them in touch with us. That's something we haven't done in season one or two. Is like sort of get some interviews with cast members. I don't know if that will ever happen. Um, but, you know, someone someone sort of involved with uh, the fandom would be great. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Well, cool. Charles, thanks again. We made it through two seasons. We're going to get through six someday. So, Yeah, six seasons. <laughs> what is that? Six seasons what? in a movie? Six seasons in a movie, but we're not... There's, no, there's not a movie on this, is there? No, there was, I mean, there's talks of the revival, but that kind of, we talked about that kind of died, mm. unfortunately. All right. Sorry to leave it on that sad note, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Charles, uh, maybe a second, but I'll see you in season three. Yeah. See you in season three. Hi, just a quick punch in edit. I can't remember if we talked about this on the podcast, but in season two, episode one, when Shelly is watching TV, a song comes on and she hops on top of the bar and starts dancing. The song is called It's Just a Girl Thing by ICJ. I mentioned on the podcast that during the chorus break of the song, there's a melody that's either sampled or borrowed from another famous R&B recording. Um, we finally figured out what the song is. Uh, I posted the question on the subreddit 
are who sampled, and the user FunkD0K replied with the answer. Um, the song is I'll Take You There by the Staple Singers. So thank you, Funk D0K. The podcast is edited by me. Our theme song was remixed by Matt Jackson. Thanks to Laser Kitties for the podcast artwork. If you'd like to write into the podcast, you can reach us at northernoverexposurepodcast at gmail.com. And of course, thank you for listening.